from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Career Talk on Business Radio. Here is your host, Dr. Don Graham. Welcome to Career Talk, your career insider. We are here in Business Radio. We are powered by the Wharton School, Sirius XM, channel 132. Hey, call us throughout the show, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. I'm the career director for the Wharton MBA for executives in sunny Philadelphia. Also a former corporate recruiter and licensed psychologist. And we have Dream Team in studio, Michelle and Dion, taking your calls right now. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. If it's Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific, we are live here on Career Talk. And we would love to hear from you. 844-942-7866. Hey, did you miss Switcher Fest? We did Switcher Fest in October. It was a full six weeks of advice for every kind of career switcher. So if you missed it, you can catch that on iTunes and Google Play. We covered topics like military to civilian, retirement, non-core careers, incarceration to employment, and lots of other exciting topics that you might want to check out. Check out Dr. Dawn on Careers on iTunes and Google Play. But hey, it's Thursday and we're live. And we have a great guest in studio today. We welcome back Beth Hendler-Grunt, founder and president of Next Great Step, a firm that guides college students and recent grads to achieve career success through coaching, group sessions, and public speaking engagements for both individuals and universities. She's been featured in the New York Times, and we're excited to have her back in studio on Career Talk. Welcome back, Beth. Thank you so much. Pleasure to be here. So this is a great time to do this because many, many, many college students Students are getting ready to wrap up their exams and go home for break. And this is the time when they maybe start to think about their careers and start to talk to their families and what am I going to do? And, you know, I, I want to understand first, what are the trends you're seeing for 2019 for this population, Beth? Sure, absolutely. There's a number of trends going on. One of the primary things, and this has come out recently, is that there still remains this disconnect between what employers expect and what parents and students think they are prepared for. It just came out the other week. There was a results by Estrada and Gallup poll that one-third of graduates are coming out of school without the skills needed to be successful and work at work, rather, and that over 50% feel unprepared for jobs after graduation, which is, I guess, stressful considering unemployment is low, which is mm-hmm. great in our country right now, but there's still this struggle and disconnect of how do I be successful after this investment of college. Yeah, and it is a big investment. We know that that investment and price tag is only going up. And to hear that students are not feeling prepared for the workforce, I've read a a stat that that 23% of those ages 25 to 29 were living in their parents' home, which is up from 17% from not too long ago. So so this means that they're they're either not finding jobs or they're not finding jobs that are are sustainable enough to allow them to move out of their home. Hey, if you're a parent of a a graduating college student or somebody who might be going in that direction, you can give us a call all hour long at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We're here with Beth Hendler-Grunt, who is the founder and president of Next Great Step. And we are talking all about how our college kids can get out there, get productive, and find jobs that are interesting and lucrative enough for them to head out on their own. So um, so many students want to start preparing for careers, but I think they feel a little bit paralyzed because it's it's daunting. How, how can they get through this, Beth? Sure. It is so common. I, I had someone the other day tell me that I want to look for a job, but I just don't know how to write a cover letter. Therefore, I just didn't do anything. So it is overwhelming and it is intimidating, but taking small steps. So one of the first things that I tell students and grads is before you get on the phone with anyone, before you send a a resume, get an assessment of what's happening for yourself. Take a self-inventory. What are the things that I think I'm really good at? What are my skills? And then think about, well, what are the types of companies that I might want to bring them to? As opposed to going online and only seeing what's available, 
I kind of teach you do it in reverse. If you had to pick and say, well, I really think I'm good at my ability to write and my ability to analyze and you know other skills, then find companies that might leverage that and try to start making a list. I say, make it simple. Pick 10 people that you'd want to talk to that actually have the job that you want. Don't start with the executive. Start with someone who only graduated maybe five to seven years ago who might be doing what you want to do. And then think about, okay, what are the next you know 10 companies that are interesting to me that you got to need to read the news or read what's happening uh, with different organizations and start to get a feel for it and then it'll start to come together a little bit of how do you then move forward. Mm-hmm. 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM channel 132. Hey, if you've got a question, we want to hear from you right now at 844-942-7866. Or you can always tweet at Dr. Don Graham. We're here with Beth Hendler-Grunt. We're talking all about the transition from college to employment. And that's something that continues to be difficult for a lot of students, even in a job market that that is in their favor. So, so Beth, you're talking about having students talk to people who work in different companies. And one of the things I think that tends to happen is people start with the most popular companies. Mm-hmm. So how, do, how can they dig beneath that? Because there's so many companies. I think there's a stat out there that, that 99% of companies have fewer than 500 employees. And so there's so many companies that they may be overlooking. Or a lot of people are drawn to the, the popular jobs yes. that they see on TV or that they, they know of. How can they get beyond that into the the real details to figure out where there's a good fit for them? Sure. It's a great question. And this comes up a lot because the same names of companies tend to come up and they can't hire everybody and not everyone is going to be qualified to go work at these top big names. One of my favorite ways for students to learn about other companies is to see where other fellow alumni work because they might went to the same school. So I love using a tool like LinkedIn. And if you check out, if you click on the little button that shows your school where, and it brings you to the school's LinkedIn page, you can see, well, what are other people who went to my school, what are they doing? And what are maybe some other companies that I haven't heard of? Maybe they also had the same major as me or same skills as me. And there's other areas that now I'm exploring names of organizations that I never thought of before. So that's a really good way to do it. The other thing is that I tell students is you have to read outside of the classwork, trade journals. If you're interested in um, engineering, then you need to read an engineering trade journal. If you're interested in you know, arts or communication, you need to read something specific to the industry because it will also mention names of companies that you probably haven't heard of. So you just got to push outside what everyone else is saying. And there's a lot of opportunity. As you, I agree, there's thousands of companies out there. I think you just need to uncover where they are. Yeah, I think, I think what I'm pulling from what you're saying, Beth, is just pay attention. A lot of times we read things even quickly on social media and, and you know just look at it through a different lens who is being quoted what companies do they work at is there something that catches your eye and so so really going through your day and looking at it with a different lens of wow is that something that I'm interested in being curious being curious and in that mindset of can I learn something from this hey you're just tuning in you're listening to career talk on Sirius XM channel 132 we're very excited to have Beth and LeGrunt back in studio today talking about how to go from college to employment and all those stages in between. So if you have a question or maybe you're the parent of a college student who is struggling to find work, we want to hear from you today. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. Of course, we always love tips as well. So if you've got a tip to share, something that maybe has worked for you or someone you know, we would love to hear it here on Career Talk. So in, in just a few minutes, too, we'll be sharing a very fun holiday treat that Michelle, Dan, and I put together that will help all college students and everybody who's looking for a job. So stay tuned for that too. 844-942-7866. So Beth, you talked about major. So I want to kind of go in that direction because we know that students today can major in a lot of different things. And oftentimes, they don't get jobs in their major. So what should they be anticipating related to to maybe a major that, that's not a direct correlation to a job that exists? Sure, sure. And this comes up a lot. I actually have a lot of parents who call me and say, I'm so concerned my, my student is studying something and I'm not sure what they're going to do with it. A lot of it is about starting to identify, as I mentioned earlier, 
what are those skills that you think you're coming away from? And then if you are, I'll use a history major, and maybe you don't want to be a history teacher, but maybe you want to move into finance or you want to be in writing or you have to just think about what have I done or what am or can I do that would connect the dots for an employer. Uh, a colleague of mine recruits for a large firm and he said, I don't need to have you be a business major. I don't have to have all business majors for a business role. I just need you to show me how maybe you ran your own portfolio, even though you were a history major, or maybe you led a campus organization that demonstrated leadership. So think about experiences that you can also have while you're at school that enhance your academics. It's not just in the classroom. How can you you know, be a part of something, organizations that just show your interest and how you can show you can add value to them in, in that field that you want to? It's, it's really more about getting your conversation and feeling confident about what you're saying about yourself that helps someone else understand how you can add value to them. Yeah, a lot of um, I've heard from a lot of students that that concern parents and family members kind of persuade them to take a, a you know a, a major or pursue a major that has good prospects for a job. So whether that's business or engineering, when that's not what they're interested in, what is your advice related to that, Beth? That's a great question. That's one tough because right now parents will tell me, say, well, I wish I only wish my student was studying STEM because that's the hot thing or I wish they were studying business. But the reality is that one size does not fit all. And really listening to what your student is telling you about them and trying to encourage the things that call to them, whether it's being more technical or more in the arts or what, whatever it might be, um, it's really – there's plenty of opportunity. And letting them figure that out I think is really important. You know, we talked about this even prior that when parents force their way on students, sometimes they end up switching, you know, in the future where they realize they really never loved it in the to begin with, but they were trying to make everyone else happy. And, and it's hard. I'm, look, I'm a parent of a college student, so I understand the challenge. But I think listening to them and listening to what they're telling you and trying to encourage that, I think, will help them be successful. You're just tuning in. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 132. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. We are here with Beth Hunter-Grunt, who is the founder and president of Next Great Step, a firm that guides college students and recent grads to achieve career success. And hey, you're looking for a great book for your college student? Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and Seize Success is on shelves now. You can also get it on Amazon. Um we are going to go to there's something very fun that uh, Michelle Dion and I put together for our listeners, but it also coincidentally Beth helps college students. It's a it's a very fun holiday song that has lots and lots of tips of how to succeed in the job in the job market, and we're just going to play a little snippet today just because it's fun and we can do it. The eleven step of job search that earned success for me, thanking those who helped me sleeping before signing uni. Okay, what does everybody think about singing through it one more time? No. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Happy holidays from the Dream Team. And that, my friends, is free on social media. You just go to my Twitter page at Dr. Don Graham and you can hear the whole thing as many times as you want. So there it is. But on the topic of music, I also have an exciting announcement 
If you are an aspiring musician or band, or maybe you know someone who's on the brink of stardom, Career Talk wants to help you to make your career dream a success. For the month of January, we'll be playing clips or from songs that your band has out there, and we'll do segment in, in, bleh, segment intros using your music, including your group's name, social media handles, all of that, so listeners can listen to you on national radio. If you'd like to be considered to potentially be played on SiriusXM, you can email your MP3 clip and social media handles to careertalkmusic at gmail.com. And remember, Career Talk is a PG-13 channel, so please, no explicit contact. You can also find more details on this at Dr. John Graham on Twitter. So, hey, careertalkmusic at gmail.com. Send us your stuff. We'd love to play it on air. You're just tuning in. You're listening to Sirius XM Channel 132, powered by the Wharton School. I'm your host, Dr. Don Graham. And we are here with Beth Hendler-Grunt, the founder and president of Next Great Step, taking your calls all hour live Thursday, noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. So give us a call, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You can also tweet your questions to at Dr. Don Graham. So let's talk a little bit more about um, what mistakes parents make when coaching their their college kids about their futures, Beth. <laughs> That's, you're asking like a loaded question. That is that a loaded I'm, like, question. I'm the all-knowing. There, you are um, the all-knowing. This is your expertise. So, so, so tell us. So let's just start off with, that it, it, this is hard for parents. And as I said earlier, I have a son who's a sophomore in college, and I don't claim to have the perfect answer. But I'll tell you some of the mistakes that I see parents make that maybe that would, if they altered it a little bit, it would really help them. So one of the first things that parents offer to do in finding jobs is making introductions, mm-hmm. which normally is fantastic. I'm all for it. The challenge is the timing. A lot of time, parents will make introductions very early on or too early where your son or daughter, they don't know what they want to do yet. They don't know how to talk about themselves. They don't know how to prepare for an interview. And then you put them with someone who could be very high ranking, have a lot of influence. And a lot of times they'll blow it because they weren't ready. And they just assume that, well, this is a friend of mom and dad's. Hopefully I'll get the job. And they realize that doesn't quite work that way. So I'm all for Make the recommendation, but make sure that your student or grad is prepared. Help them to make sure that they know how to talk about themselves. They have good questions ready to ask, that they express why that they're interested in meeting with this person or working for this company. It's not just because, well, my dad told me I should talk to you, mm-hmm. so that's why I'm here. So just the, the timing of, of that. <clears throat> the other thing that a lot of parents feel that – the grad, uh, the job search can wait. That all right, you got into school, just settle in as a freshman, and you don't really need to worry about it until your junior year. And I would encourage parents to really talk with their kids to take some small steps early on because it will have such a, a more positive impact on their job prospects as they get older. So. Start off by visiting career services early on or try going to the career fair and practice talking about yourself to an employer, even if you're not ready to get the formal internship or you're not ready to apply for the, the final job. But the comfort about talking about yourself, having a sense of knowing what you might want, um, also making sure maybe forming relationships with professors. I mean, the article there was an article in The New York Times that just came out that one of the resources that are most valuable for students as professors. Get to know your professors. So there's pieces that they can do from the very beginning. Don't wait just till junior year. Start earlier is the recommendation. And then the last kind of uh, um, mistake, and it kind of goes back to what you said, is this philosophy that I want you to be this. I want you to go into STEM. I want you to be a lawyer. I want you to study these certain things. And just that one size does not fit all. And understanding that you might have to take a step back and really listen and really understand what calls to them and and give them some time and patience. So those are just a few of the things. It's hard. You know, it's hard. It's overwhelming. And a lot of parents haven't looked for a job in a long time. So they want to give good advice. They're just not sure how to do it. Mm-hmm. Yep. You're listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 132. We're taking your calls all hour if it's 9 a.m. on the West Coast, noon Eastern, 844 844- Nine four two seven eight six six, and so Beth, you know, 
I would think that it's better to have your student go to school, major in something that they love, even if it's if it's not a direct connection to, you know, a hot career field. So maybe you want to major in, in art history or, or language or, or something that's that's really um, indirectly related to a lot of careers and have them thrive and do well and, and enjoy the, the experience and learn how to have these conversations and build their network rather than force them to go into something where they just want to skip class and, and sleep through the day. Totally, totally agree. I mean, I recently had parent two parents tell me that they both went to business school. They were one, you know, one is finance, one's marketing, and their child wants to go into psychology. And they weren't happy. They, you know, initially are like, well, what are you going to do with that? But, you know, this child was really passionate about it. He feels like this is what speaks to him. And he actually right now could be on the path to a PhD. So just giving them the chance to doing that, which you have. <laughs> well, you here's the that thing. <laughs> Undergrad, I majored in psychology, and now I'm on the radio. Go figure. You know, somehow, Things just work out. They do. You get you they build do. a lot of skills they in do. different. I mean, you're at school, yes, to take classes, but there's so many other things that you're you're doing there to grow and to meet people and to learn. So, um, yeah, eight four four nine four two seven eight six six eight. Were you forced into a major or a career early on that you are not happy to go into, and what has happened since? We want to know <laughs> here on Career Talk. 844 Wharton, 844-942-7866. And did you switch? Are you getting ready to switch? Because we can help you with that too. So, okay, so we're talking about majors. And you brought up something else, Beth, that I want to tap into because this is so interesting. Students don't use the Career Center. And I will admit, I was one of those students. I didn't even know the Career Center existed. Now I'm the director of one. Um, how is it that we don't know these places exist as students? Is it because we're just so caught up in our academics? Is it because we don't care? How can how can we bridge this gap so that students are aware these resources are available? Oh, for every, <laughs> if I had a dollar for I every asked you person, the question. it's a great question. And you know, candidly, pa- parents have this expectation when their students go to college that. They're going to make use of these resources and probably tout it on the campus tour as to why you should come because we're going to give you all this support to get a job. I think a couple things happen as to why students don't go. One of the main reasons, I think they're afraid. They're afraid to walk in and be asked, well, what do you want to do with your life? And they're afraid to tell them that they really don't know because they think And it's not a true thing that other people have it figured out. And it could be intimidating that they're like, well, I don't know what I want to do yet. So I'll just avoid it. (laughs) I've had people tell me they walk into career fairs and they see lines and lines of students lined up to talk to these big companies and they're so overwhelmed. They're like, I'll just turn around. I'm not going to. So there's this fear and and, and uh, discomfort. The other thing I mentioned earlier is they think that well, mom and dad, they're going to introduce me to someone. I'll just ma- manage this through a connection. But what happens is that it's not as simple as that. It's not as simple as just making an introduction. You have to really you know, work at it. And then the other issue is I think it's an issue for schools to promote and actually sell the services of career services. I talked to the head of a career services at a university in the Midwest, and it's like a marketing effort for them to come and show up because it's not built into the curriculum and because it's not required for graduation. And you and I have talked about yeah, this. Yeah, please don't get me started on get, this. But I... <laughs> it's, it's, a t- it's a tough one. Now, some schools are making great inroads, but it's not universal. It's not universal. And sometimes it's a capacity. Some of these schools have you know, just a handful of career services counselors for thousands of students. So you have to advocate. You have to show up. I mean, part of it is that you have to take initiative to, to do it. And and make make the effort, but um, this the services are there. I encourage, even though I privately coach students, I want them to make use of the career services at their universities as well. I mean, there's a lot of resources. Yeah, and I don't think you can ever get too much coaching or too many resources or too much practice in this type of thing. And I completely agree with you. I would love to see a movement where where preparing for your career, understanding how to build your network, understanding how to to promote yourself, understanding how to communicate what you want to do, understanding how to put together a resume and a cover letter and these types of skills. These are integral. These are skills that you're going to be doing for the rest of your life. 
Like, let's be serious here. This is not something that's going to go away. No one goes after college, gets a job at a career fair, and stays there for 40 years. It's just not happening anymore. And I do believe that we are not equipping our students who are paying a lot of money to get an education on how to take that education and then make that transition and that bridge to the real world. And, and here's the thing. I don't blame I don't blame career centers because I know they are woefully understaffed in most cases. And the ratio of, of counselors to students is kind of ridiculous. And the fact is, is that that we need to do better. We as we as a, you know, academic institutions across across the U.S., we have to do better here. And, you know, that's what I'm, I'm I could spend the next <laughs> two hours ranting about this. But here's the thing. We need to do better. And parents, when you're when you're looking at colleges for for your um, soon to be, you know, college kids, think about asking about these resources, asking about what's the ratio of students to counselors? What are the programs offered? How often are they offered? Are they offered to students just in your senior year or all throughout? And these are important questions because this is going to be the bridge that gets that education into the workplace and gets them earning that money that gets them out of your basement. Hey, 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. And now... It's time for our pre-break quiz. Quiz. There's a quiz? So I totally changed our quiz today because I found something that I found to be more interesting. Um, and Dion, this may be a tough one. So I'm just... <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> okay. It, it, it's, it's a tough one. Okay. So each year, the Pantone Inst- Institute which was founded in uh, 1963 to solve the problem of complicated color matching in the print industry picks a color of the year. I'm looking at Dion's face. It's precious. What is going on right now? It's precious. So every year there's a Pantone color of the year. And in 2018, it was ultraviolet. In 2019, it was living coral. I'm just putting this out there. This is important to know. And these are colors. These are colors. Okay. They're colors. Um, what was special about the Pantone color of the year in 2016? If you think you know, give us a call at 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. But I can already tell Dion has the answer. So um, <laughs> you're listening to... That, that's what you're reading on my <laughs> no, face? <no. laughs> you're listening to Career Talk Series XM Channel 132, and we will be right back. You're listening to Career Talk on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Here again is Dr. Don Brand. Welcome back to Career Talk, your career insider. We are on Business Radio and we are powered by the Wharton School Series Exam. Channel 132. Hey, you got a question? Thursday noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Pacific. We are live. 844 Wharton, 844 942 7866. Michelle and Dion in studio. We've got the dream team. And hey, have you heard about Career Talk Music? If you are a an inspiring musician, band, or maybe you know someone who is. Career Talk wants to help you make your dream a success. For the month of January, we'll be playing clips of songs from new bands on national radio on Sirius XM 132. Email your MP3 clip and social media handles to careertalkmusic at gmail.com. And if you want more information about that, you can check out my Twitter feed at Dr. Don Graham. But back to the show. We are here in studio with... Beth Hendler-Grunt, the founder and president of Next Great Step, a firm that guides college students and recent grads to achieve career success. And Beth, where can people learn more about you? Sure. They can learn more about us at nextgreatstep.com. And at the top of the page, there's a a little free giveaway if you want to learn some quick tips that you can learn how to land the job right now. Just click on that link and we will send you some information. But nextgreatstep.com. Fantastic. And we are talking all about college students and, and moving into employment. And this is such a great time to do this topic, Beth, because a lot of students are wrapping up 
their exams, heading home for the holidays and with family and friends. And this is a great time for them to start talking about and thinking about their career. So if you're the, the parent of a college student, you may want to listen into some of these tips so that you can have these conversations in a non-threatening, over-dinner, glass of wine, if they're of legal age, type of environment. Um, 844-942-7866. Hey, if you majored in something in college that has nothing to do with the job you're working in now, we want to hear from you here on Career Talk. If you majored in something and now you're working in a totally different field, let us know what that is and how you got to where you are. 844-942-7866. So right before the break, Beth, we were talking about career centers and how you know college students need to use career centers. And I think there's a mis- misconception that career centers are much more about job fairs and about placement. But um, that may be what some of them do, but I think there's a lot more to it and obviously a lot more to what the work you do. What are some of the other things besides the, the common things students need to be making sure they're learning before they graduate from college to get a job? One of the most important things that I see, and really this is across all majors, is this clear ability to talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. And when you, even over the holidays, and you're going to see family or, you know, as parents are listening, your grads will be seeing family and they're talking to friends. And the number one question is, so tell me about yourself. And your ability to answer that question in a clear and concise way is really important. It's being able to say, this is what I do. This is what I'm studying. This is what I've recently done. This is what I'm looking to do. And I'd love to talk to you more about it. And they just need to have that little story about themselves, no matter who they talk to or where they go. So they feel that they're ready to kind of launch into the conversation so people know what to do with them. And I'm going to go further on that. We all need to be ready for that conversation because I think we miss opportunities every day when someone asks what we do. We kind of just mindlessly spit out a title or a company and people make assumptions or they really don't understand what we're saying. And we miss these opportunities. And I think all of us have to be ready to say something that connects with a person, that is clear, that is understandable, because we give our power away when we let the other person interpret that. And I, I think especially when you're a college student and you're not quite sure, that question can be ridiculously intimidating because you just don't know how to answer it. And I know you have a technique for this. I know you have, um, that was that was in the New York Times, your your three A's that you coach students. Can you tell us what that, that is? Sure. The, the three A's is actually, this is a part of it, but it actually is a way for students to feel really confident Every time they meet somebody and speak with them, whether it's over the phone or in person, it's a planning that you get the outcome that you want. So the three A's are this. The first A is actions. And you think about this ahead of time. If I meet with this executive or friend or contact, what's the best possible thing that that person can actually do for me? Beyond them liking me and thinking that I'm great, what could they actually do? Can they make an introduction? Can they recommend me? And so I want to be ready to ask them to do something. The second A is what I call attitudes. Many times these are people who you've never met. They don't know anything about you. You want to think about when I finish this conversation, what do I want them to believe about me that they don't know already? Maybe you want them to believe that you're very analytical, that you have great writing skills, that you want to think, you know, this goes back to that skills inventory and thinking about what do you want someone to know about you? And then the last A is for answers. It's what kind of information do I want to learn? What answers do I need about this person or organization? And I can't find it on the internet. I cannot Google for it. So a question that you'd ask would be something like, well, tell me about how you measure success in your business. Tell me about one of the challenges that you face. What are the criteria that you look for when you hire people? And if you plan out ahead of time these three A's and then you actually flip them when you meet with them, you ask your answers, you ask your questions to seek answers, you convince them of the attitudes they should have about you, and then you ask them to do an action because now they see how talented you are. And just by having this planned structure, one allows candidates to control the conversation much more than just winging it and seeing what happens. And two, you have a clear 
plan of what you want them to know about you and and what to do with you. I think that's a lot of the problem is a lot of times they'll be like, well, I'll just see what they have to say. Mm -hmm. But if you actually maximize those 20 minutes, you can actually have that person being, yeah, I'm going to introduce you to the head of HR. I'm going to have you come in and shadow for the day. And I'm going to have you talk to someone who's in the role right now. Mm -hmm. I mean, that those are like three more interviews that push you further in the process. And you haven't even applied online. You haven't, you know, you, you kind of like bypass everyone. So that concept of the three A's just helps you really feel confident in how you plan ahead. Yeah, and I'm going to put on my my 20 year old hat and say, yeah, but that makes it sound so easy. But that's not easy when I don't know what I want to do. But I, what, what I want to take from from that, Beth, is this: if you don't have to know what you want to do, you don't even have to have impressive accomplishments. I think when you show up and you have done your homework. And you are curious and ask questions like you were just talking about. That in and of itself is impressive. There's two types two types of brands that I like to talk about. Of course, your brand about what work you do. So, for example, Beth, you help college students and recent grads to find career success. There's that brand, but then there's the the, the personal brand. There's that that being prepared, that showing up on time, that follow through of doing what you say you're going to do, that curiosity. And those things are equally, if not more important than the the achievement history you might or might not have as a college student to put forth because people can see that and they see that as potential as, wow, you've got the right attitude, you've done your homework, you're prepared. And I am going to help you get to the next step. And so if you don't know what you want to do, whether you're a college student or whether you're, you're you know, looking for your next career in retirement, the attitude, focus on that, focus on being prepared, focus on asking your contact a question they're uniquely qualified to help you with because people feel good about helping you. And you got to give them something that they can help you with. Absolutely. And people hire people. Let's just like remember that. So in the day and age of all this technology, when people sending resumes through tracking systems and online portals, it's very hard to get a job that way. It's very hard. People want to connect with somebody. They want you to sell them on you. And whether you're the most qualified on paper doesn't always matter if you're able to show your preparation and your curiosity, as you say. It's so true. A hiring manager wants to know they can stand sitting next to you for 40 hours a week. That is the most important goal is like, are you are you going to, you know, are you going to steal my lunch out of the fridge? Are you going to piss everybody off and, you know, or are you going to show up, be reliable, follow through, be resourceful? Those are transferable skills that you can bring with you anywhere. And that's why referrals are so successful. As a matter of fact, 40% of hires are from referrals, which is only 7% of the hiring pool. And if you do that math, that is pretty incredible. And this is why, because people hire people, like you said, Beth. Humans hire humans. Machines, most of the time, actually just get in the way. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. You're listening to Career Talk on SiriusXM Channel 132. Hey, are you a soon-to-be graduating college student who's not sure where to start? Or maybe you're the parent of a college student who's struggling to find a job. Or maybe just for fun, you have landed in a job that has nothing to do with your major and have a story to share with us or a tip we'd love to hear from you 844-WHARTON 844-942-7866 we are here live Thursday noon Eastern with Beth Hendler Grunt the founder and president of Next Great Step talking all about how you can move from college to employment to your own space and out of your parents home so is there any um, advice you've heard Beth that just makes you like want to pull your hair out like that that people give to college students or recent grads Uh, I mean I'm sure there's a lot yeah (laughs) yes yes thank you for asking that question one of the things that happen is parents worry about this too they worry well my child just went to college and now they don't have a job but my friend's child does and I don't look maybe it's a reflection on me that they don't have a job and then So either they start encouraging their student or grad to just take anything, just take anything, or students that they feel desperate too. They're like, well, everyone else is employed. I don't necessarily agree with the take anything role. I think you still, there's there's enough, there are a lot of jobs out there right now, a lot. 
I think you need to be a little bit more clear about what you want and, and head in that direction. Saying that you're a generalist and I'll do anything for anyone, that's actually not attractive to employers. Mm-hmm. They actually don't want to hear yeah, that. that equals desperation. Right. When you, It's like the, it's like, you know, boyfriend or girlfriend that's coming I'll on. I'll date anyone. <laughs> too strong and that's not appealing. Yeah, that's not appealing. So I think just don't say I'll take the first thing. I'll do anything. Be a little bit more thoughtful and put a little bit more direction into it, I think. So just, you know, taking that, I don't always think um, taking the, the first job that you say. Can I tag on to that for a second? Because I think I think a lot of times it's not just college students who do that, but I hear from um, people making, you know, a switch or something that I'm industry agnostic or I'll move anywhere. And, you know, when you dig into that, the truth is that you're probably not and you probably wouldn't. Um, and and I, I think people need to understand what the employer is hearing when you say that, because I think people believe that broadens their opportunities when in fact I believe it does the opposite when you say you'll do anything people just are like well you're not really interested in me so why should I invest in you but when you are clear and confident and you say you know the industries that that I can contribute the most to are x y and z and you know I want to do that in the tri-state area and are more specific you're going to get further because people aren't going to assume you're you're desperate or whimsical or just you know this is your your job of du jour for the for the week or whatever Actually, that means of the day. So there, there's my my French skills. Um, <laughs> but you have to be specific because people want to know you want them, that you're hungry for them. And I think if they if it turns out not to be a match, if you are very clear and confident, you know, they may offer you something that they didn't even you know have in their pocket. They may design something for you. They may create something. They may know somebody. They may refer you. But you're going to get farther if you are specific yeah absolutely the other thing that i i we are in this day and age of where we all tell our and i'll say we included that we tell our kids they can do anything you can do anything you can accomplish anything but there has to be some grounded reality to that i had a young woman who's like well i only want to be a travel writer for conde nast i said great have you traveled no do you write anything do you have a blog nothing so (laughs) Okay, then we need to start that. And I'm not saying you can't do these things, but reach for the stars within what's reasonable using your skills as opposed to saying, well, you could have everything or do anything. I think there just needs to be some grounding in the decision of what path you take. Yeah. And if you're interested in travel writing, I mean, think about what's the peripheral um skills that I have that I can get into this industry. So maybe, you know, if you're a new college grad and you've you've not done some of the stuff, maybe you can get into a role where you build skills in that direction. And so Absolutely. really think creatively about, okay, who does who who are the vendors that work with this company or who um, do they sell to? Who are their customers? How can I get into this world as a first step with the skills that I have? 844-Wharton, 844-942-7866. Hey, are you working in a role that has nothing to do with your college major? Well, guess what? Me too. So you are listening to SiriusXM channel 132, and we are talking with Beth Hendler-Grunt, the president of Next Great Step. We're talking all about how you can move from being in college to being employed and all of the potential hurdles and how to get over them. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. So well, here's a, here's a different kind of question. What if somebody's waffling, Beth, about is college even right for me? I mean, because we know that there's a lot of vocational and technical, um, you know, skills that are in high demand, are are paid well, and don't require college. And you know, for some, it's just not a fit. What is what is your recommendation if somebody's struggling with that decision to go or not to go? Oh, this is such an important topic. There's so much pressure. Um, parents and communities that students, that you feel that they have to go to college, but it's not always the right decision for for many. And even when they get there, I mean, there's so many incidences now of of anxiety and mental illness and needing more support. So whether, you know, whether it's maturity or whether there's some mental illness that they need to be managed, you know, or sometimes they just don't know what to do. And I think the idea of a gap year and taking time. And there's there's come out with a lot of other alternatives that have come out in the market for students to do, whether it's 
doing going something abroad, doing volunteer work, um, doing something more technical. Uh, I was there's a program I think that it started in California where they solely teach you how to do you know data analysis for two years, and then they have partnerships with some Silicon Valley companies. It's mm-hmm. not a college degree, but it's meeting a need in the market. So I think understanding your student about their readiness, both not just academically, but mentally is such an important issue right now because I have, there's, this is actually, uh, Thanksgiving is probably the biggest time of the year when kids don't go back to school, that they decide that they can't handle it. So as a freshman or a sophomore, and they're like, I'm not going back because they're either so overwhelmed, they can't handle it. So starting out slow is okay. Starting out, there's some great community colleges or other opportunities to figure it out. It doesn't have to all be figured out in the time frame that you feel society is dictating. And sometimes it's better to take it a little bit slower. Mm-hmm. And a lot of other countries do this. They have a gap year. They have, you know, um, high school students figure it out because it is. That's a lot of pressure. I mean, there's a lot of people who are in their mid-career and they still don't know what they want to do. And you're expecting an 18-year-old to have it all planned out. And sure, you can figure out a lot of things in school, but maybe, maybe there's a different path for you. And I think in today's world, I mean, we're even seeing a lot more businesses and organizations are saying, you know what, we're dropping the four-year degree requirement because we realize that it's it's either not relevant to the job or, you know, that there's these other types of certifications or programs that are equipping people even better for the types of work that's there. So definitely, definitely think about what's right for you because there are a lot of different paths and there is no one right answer. 844-WHARTON, 844-942-7866. We have to answer our pre-break quiz. Okay, so (laughs) the Pantone color of the year represents what's trending in the world of design. Last year, the Pantone color of the year was ultraviolet. In 2019, it's living coral. What was special about the Pantone color of the year in 2016, Dion? <laughs> you asked me like I like I know the answer. Um, I have faith in you, Dion. <laughs> what was special about it? I'm going to say it was tie dye. Ooh! Wow! Good, good answer. I like. Came that. up with that just now. Not bad. That you know, the first time I didn't understand the question. Yeah. Uh, you said Pantone. I've never heard that word before. See, but this is why I thought it would be great to have this as a question on the show. I think it's you know educational. Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, um, that is not the right answer, but but it's actually mm. not like crazy far off. So it's no, but oh. like I don't think. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I don't know, Michelle, if that helps you at all. I, I always hate when you give him those little bonus follow up clues because it derails me from what I thought <laughs> I yeah. was gonna say. Yeah, and usually it it just derails you in a way that's not even close because yeah. my hints suck. I know. Yeah, and then I have to like rethink the whole thing. So I was gonna say that it was like something like not even a color, like it was happy or something. <laughs> um, no, but I'm gonna. Um. S- Shush, shush, Dion. Stop looking at me like that. We didn't pick a color. We picked an emotion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so since that's clearly not the answer, I'm going to say... It wasn't the answer before. I'm going to say it was... It's a combination of two colors, like blue-green or... I don't know, yellow green or You're absolutely correct. Woo! Neither was green. Oh, but, but red, orange, but I can keep going. No, no, not, you're not even close there. But for the first time, the blending of two shades, serenity and rose quartz are chosen as the Pantone color of the year. So she was half right. Serenity. That's a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, double win for me. It's actually, it's actually a light baby pink, according really? to you. Well, How is serenity a color? I don't I mean, know. <laughs> oh, oh actually, gosh. no. Maybe that's the rose quartz. Maybe it's a blue. I don't know. <laughs> See, this is not my thing. I don't know. I don't know what color serenity Amazing. is. If it's not it, in the it's Crayola box, color. it's... it's... <laughs> well, okay, here's another tidbit since we're getting educated about color and design. Um, the first year they did the color of the year was the year 2000. Do you know what the color was then? And I will give you a really good hint. It was mentioned in the movie The Devil Wears Prada. Because I saw that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) Blue. It's a shade of blue? Of course it is. Cerulean blue. Cerulean, yes. Well done. Devil wears Prada. See, that was a good hint. Finally. (laughs) 
It was a good hit for her. It was. I'm sorry. <laughs> I mean, how do I know you haven't seen the movie? Really? All right. It's a good one. <laughs> do, we, do we want to talk about the, uh, the movies let, I haven't no. seen? Nope, 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 nope. <laughs> moving on, moving on. Bad memories there. Inside joke. Yep. 844-942-7866. And we love the editing function on radio. I'm just going to say that. Career Talk Series XM. Hey, we're taking your calls all hour long. If it's Thursday noon Eastern, we would love to hear from you. 844-WARTON, 844-942-7866. We're here with Beth Hendler Grant, and we're talking all about the transition from college to employment. Um, So, Beth, we've talked about a lot of different things, and I I know there's some seniors out there who are going to be going home for the holidays and feeling like they've done nothing. Really quickly, what are some of the things you can do if you feel like, wow, I'm behind, it's too late, I'm I'm stuck? Okay, so the first thing is it's never too late. And the holiday and the downtime is a great time to kind of refresh a little bit and then start to prioritize what you can do. So if you're going to be graduating in this May of 2019, the first thing that you should do is have some clarity about, you know, let me think about what I've studied and let me think about what is it are the, let's start with yourself. What are your skills? And I talk about core skills. Think of three. What are three core skills that you have that you think you could bring to an employer? And if you tell them it's a core skill, it just has to be something you've proven. If you say that you're analytical, then give me an example of a project or internship or job where you demonstrated your analytical skills. So think about three core skills that you feel really competent and confident that you can deliver. On the flip side, I want you to think about then, well, what are those types of companies or industries that I want to bring my skills to? Don't go online and look at the job boards. Stop, hold, put that to the side. Pick the companies that are interesting to you or, like I said earlier, go on your school's portal or look on LinkedIn to look at alumni and create a list, 10 companies that you're interested in and 10 people that you want to speak with. And from there, you're going to start reaching out and start reaching out to have informational interviews to speak with these people to learn more about their job. You also need to make sure that your resume is up to date and that your LinkedIn profile is up to date. But that is a really nice way of understanding your skills, targeting companies, getting your profile squared away, and reaching out and doing some nice informal and informational networking is a great way to get you started in the process of getting ready to get hired. Mm-hmm. And I, I think the, the term informational interviewing always sounds so scary to people because it sounds so formal. And, and, and here's the thing, you should take it seriously. I think every conversation you should strive to present yourself as confidently and as prepared as you can be. But it's really just about having conversations when you're sitting next to your aunt at the dinner table, you know, over the holidays. What do you actually do? What is entailed in your job or, or your cousin who you only see once a year? What is it you're doing? Like, tell me, I want to know what you do day to day. Like, Sometimes these conversations, very informal, can lead to things that you never even suspected. And I think it's just a matter of taking advantage of those opportunities, whether it's it's your, you know, weird cousin who you see once a year or, you know, somebody you're introduced to by a, a faculty member or professor is talking to people and having as many conversations as you can. Um, hey, Beth, it's been so great to have you back in studio. You're always a wealth of information and we love having you here. Can you tell people one more time where they can find you? Sure. They can find me and our team at Next Great step.com and if they'd like to get uh five free tips on what the grad can do right now to land the job, just click on the link at the top of our webpage. We love that. We love that. So, hey, thank you to Michelle and Dion, our dream team, Living Coral, the the color of 2019. You're going to be seeing a lot of that. And, of course, you all of our listeners and callers, we are here for you on Career Talk every week. And don't forget, careertalkmusic at gmail.com. You want your music played live on national radio in January, you can email us your MP3 for an opportunity to do that. Hey, you've been listening to Career Talk, Sirius XM, Channel 132. Don't forget to check out Switchers, How Smart Professionals Change Careers and See Success. And we will see you next time.